listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Well, the sports calendar marches right on, and we are going to take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, and we're going to cover it all tonight. And one of the reasons this is so much fun is because we don't have royalty in this country. Our athletes are our royalty. And I will tell you that, you know, when it comes to our athletes and entertainers, the world of sports does, I believe, the greatest job of this because it's the greatest reality show invented and you can script everything but the inning. You can script everything but the outcome, and that's exactly why this time of year is so much fun. On that note, I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. As I said, we'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, along with my savvy and capable crew. I want to thank Bobo for jumping in tonight, Chris Perfett under the weather. Great teamwork. Appreciate that so much. And, of course, Ricky Herrera, also in for Bo Benson, who's also under the weather. And Brian Finley will be with us on updates. Tonight, we're going to reflect on some final NFL thoughts and look ahead to a very NFL-busy calendar. That, that league has is the real hot stove league now. Uh, they they are – you'll see why in a minute. When I start to you know click off the dates that just take us up to training camps uh, in July – the NFL has a great way of staying in the news. In about 15 minutes, by the way, we're going to jo- uh, be joined by Q Myers. He's part of the Raider Nation radio brand here in Las Vegas, the flagship. And he has his finger on the pulse of the Raiders. The Raiders are very much in the news with their virtually an entirely new regime. They went to the playoffs last year, but I think a fair amount of questions uh, surround the Raiders heading into uh, into 2022, and Q will join us. Uh, you know, after making the playoffs, where do they go from here? And we will see how they march forward with their new regime and Q will uh, take us behind the curtain. After Brian Finley's update, we'll look at some early odds and where the action's coming in on March Madness as we're just two weeks away from Selection Sunday. And, of course, we wrap up the show with Mackinac Sports, bringing you the kind of data that you only get right here on Straight Out of Vegas. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They are a shared experience as such. People want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. As they say in legalized sports betting Minnesota, that's a tease for later, it's going to be lit. This is straight out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. All right, some quick programming notes and some quick house cleaning. Uh, Last week I was at a wedding in Michigan. It was a wedding I was invited to uh, several weeks before. Uh, so for all you fine jabronis out there that thought I would duck my shift because the Rams won the Super Bowl, well, you can all first line up for a frontal lobotomy, and then after that, grab yourself a cold compress and get yourself some warm milk and soft music and lie down and wait till it goes away. So let me start by saying I want to congratulate uh, Matt Stafford and the Rams for an epically poetic uh, Super Bowl tournament run. Uh, you start out by ha- hammering the uh, Arizona Cardinals, and then you going to Tampa Bay and win a game that that looked dire at the end, but you pull it out and, you you know, nice fourth quarter comeback against the San Francisco 49ers. And then, of course, that drive uh, to score the touchdown to Cooper Cup, a nice throw by Matt Stafford to Cooper Cup in the flat in the end zone. That drive uh, in the last couple minutes, that's the kind of stuff legends are made of. So top credit to the Rams, top credit to Matt Stafford. Uh, you, you know, they, they pulled it off. Les Snead, Sean McVay, you bring in, you know, Von Miller, you bring in the cast of stars, uh, o, o, you know, OBJ, right on down the line. The short of it is, the short of it is, 
I, I would say this, uh, that they, they, you know, fortune favors the bold. And I really give top credit to the Rams. It wasn't easy. And uh, I just had somebody say, I uh, badmouth Stafford. Yeah, well, you weren't there in Detroit, okay? I'm not taking back what I said about Stafford in Detroit. He didn't have Aaron Donald. He had Indomitian Sue. He didn't have Cooper Cup. He had Calvin Johnson. Uh, the Rams had the number six defense this year. He had the number two defense in 2014, could win a playoff game. So the long and short of it is, I just gave Stafford credit. If that's not good enough for you, hang on and enjoy the show the next four hours. It gets even better. But again, I, I said I would give Stafford credit if they won the Super Bowl. Don't change anything I said about him in Detroit. He had eight meaningful games and lost them all. But he won the big one here this year. No excuses. And I've heard other people go on the air and say, well, it was flag day. There were a bunch of penalties and uh, all that. No, I don't, I don't go for that. They won it. They did what they needed to do. And um, I, I think it was very, it was almost poetic in the way it happened uh, with OBJ getting hurt right on down the line. Let's not relive it. It's it's over. Move forward. Top credit. Let's see if the Rams. Let's see what they can do next year for an encore. The beauty of it is, is the NFL uh, stays in the news and becomes, uh, I would say, the most relevant league. It's how can I say this? They are now in your head 52 weeks out of the year. They own a day of the week. They own two days of the week probably. And I would say that in much the same way, uh, it's like your favorite thing to eat. The NFL, just you just never get tired of it. And right, look, March 1st, we start right up again. March 1st is Wednesday. The uh, thing commonly noticed as the or known as the uh, scouting combine, the underwear Olympics, it starts at Lucal Soil Stadium in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana this week. And you'll be watching, and we'll be paying attention because you never know where the next diamond in the rough player comes from. And I would say that, um, you know, this keeps you engaged with the league. Then on March 8th, prior to 4 o'clock New York time, it becomes the deadline for all NFL clubs to designate franchise or transition players. And one of the things we'll be watching is, will Green Bay franchise Devontae Adams? And will Aaron Rodgers be returning to Green Bay? Do I think he will? Yes, I think he will. We'll see what happens. Then, right after that, between March 14th and March 16th, you've got a period that begins at noon, New York time. Again, this is all Eastern time. On March 14th, it ends, what is it, in four hours later, New York time. On March 16th, clubs are permitted to contact and then begin to enter into contract negotiations with certified agents of players who will become unrestricted free agents upon the expiration of their 2021 contract. So then, you know, you've got a two-day whirlwind negotiating period, and you've got any prospective unrestricted free agent who's not represented by a certified NFLPA, quote, contract advisor. They're permitted to communicate directly with the new club's front office officials, and uh, they can start negotiating contracts. And as usual, I'm sure there'll be a flurry of movement. I I think there may be more movement this year than any other. There's a new formula on how to win a Super Bowl. You know, you, you saw what happened when Brady went to Tampa Bay. You saw what happened when the cast of characters from from uh, from Von Miller to OBJ to Matt Stafford all went to the Rams, and they pulled it off. Then on March 16th, the 2022 league year officially begins on March 16th, and the free agency period begins at 4 o'clock Eastern time. And so all of a sudden now, keep an eye on some of your favorite players and see where they might have a new home next year. 
Then also on March 16th, the trading period for 2022 begins. And look, people talk about, well, will Aaron Rodgers come back? Well, he can only do one of two things. He can either retire or be traded. He's not really holding all the cards like he wishes he was. He, would, he will next year if he stays one more year. So if a trade is to be done, if in fact Denver is the destination, and I'm just talking out my tuchus here, I have no clue. I really don't have any clue what's going to happen here. I, I feel like he's going to stay because the tea leaves seem to say that. But if, if he really does want out and Green Bay figures, well, you know, they can, this is the last time they're going to be able to get a haul, and Denver has a ton of draft capital to give. That might be interesting to see how that uh, plays out. But that all starts again March 16th. Again, that's not that far away. Remember, February is a 28-day month. March 2nd is Wednesday, so two weeks from Wednesday, the trading period begins. And then March 27th, the annual league meeting, they all meet down in Palm Beach, Florida, and they go from there. Uh, then, right after that, on April 4th, clubs that hired a new head coach after the end of the 2021 regular season, they may now begin off-season workout programs. Amazing. Seems like the Super Bowl was just two weeks ago. That's because it was just two weeks ago. Fast forward to April 18th, clubs with returning head coaches, they may begin OTAs and off-season workout programs. Now, April 20th, that's the deadline to bring draft-eligible players to their facilities for physical examination because guess what? Right around the right around the corner from there, and but there's a couple of other things. April 22nd is the deadline for restricted free agents to sign offer sheets. April 27th is the deadline for the prior club the player is with to exercise their right of first refusal to any restricted free agents. But April 27th, that now then becomes the deadline to time test, interview all draft eligible players, and get those last few metrics in because guess what happens after that? Between April 28th and April 30th, the NFL draft right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. So if you are having NFL withdrawals, and I'm guessing a lot of folks are because it was such a sensational season, they added the extra week. They had the wild card super weekend. Neither number one advanced to the Super Bowl. Green Bay got upset by San Francisco. Tennessee got upset at home by Cincinnati. You had the Joe Burrow-Matt Stafford duel in the Super Bowl. There was going to be a great storyline uh, regardless of who won that game, and it ended up, frankly, I think, being the best storyline. You're going to see Cincinnati in the mix for a while. They got $60 million in cap space. They've got a phenomenal young quarterback. They got superb weapons in Jamar Chase. They got to get Jesse Bates re-signed. He's a free agent. He's an incredible ball hawk. That's a franchise that's got a, a great future, and you, you would suspicion that what they did this year, in my view, was not a fluke, and they're going to be uh, very relevant uh, for years to come. Another organization that's always relevant, just win, baby. Uh, I don't think anybody can argue that it's one of the more iconic franchises in all of the four major sports. Uh, their fans, known as Raider Nation, are among the most loyal uh, the most dedicated, the most fervent fan bases anywhere. This is a team that went from Oakland to Los Angeles, back to Oakland, here to Las Vegas. And they've been in the playoffs in every one of those cities. The Raiders came out of nowhere this year. to, uh, it, it, And they faced unfathomable circumstances, not of their own choosing, 
but the ones they had to deal with tragedy on and off the field, a coach being fired, some embarrassment, and yet they kept it glued together with Rich Bisaccia, and they made it to the playoffs. They were 10-7. and They gave Cincinnati everything they could handle except for an erroneous whistle. Who knows what might have happened in that game, but be that as it may, the storyline here is where do the Raiders go from here? In spite of the fact they made the playoffs, they decided to move on with the New England contingent as you've got uh, – Uh, Josh McDaniels coming in. So coming up, we're going to be joined by a gentleman who's got his finger on the pulse, Raider Nation Radio. His name is Q Myers, and we'll talk about some of the moves the Raiders will make. We'll delve into the draft. We'll talk about Derek Carr, the psychodynamic within the four walls of the organization, and how can they build upon last year. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, we're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's welcome in a gentleman, a key cog here in the Raider Nation Radio Network in Las Vegas, flagship of the Las Vegas Raiders. Say hello to Q Myers. Q, thanks for staying up late on a Saturday night, buddy. Hey, no problem, man. Anytime I get a chance to join the show, talk a little silver and black with you, it's all good, man. I appreciate you having me on. You bet, Q. And uh, you're the right guy I want to have on because there's really a lot to chop up. All right, the new regime is in place, Josh McDaniels and company. And for me, the number one question is what will happen with Derek Carr? He has one year left on his contract. I've heard reports that he's very much certainly earned a a long-term top-tier deal. The question is will he get it? What are your thoughts? You know, that's that's the million-dollar question right now is wondering what's going to happen with D.C. and wondering what's going to happen with his contract extension. And, you know, it was reported a couple weeks ago that they were working on a contract extension, that they were going to get one. And, you know, we haven't heard anything else from there. We've only heard that 35 to $40 million is kind of the range of what it would look like. No, no one has said anything about the years. No one said any of that. So it's still a big question until it's not, you know. But I think personally just gut feeling that he's going to get a, you know, three- to four-year contract extension, lower the cap hit a little bit, and uh, he'll be the guy for Josh McDaniels, you know. And I think he's the perfect guy for the for the job. Uh, and with Josh McDaniels, I think McDaniels doesn't take that job unless he has a quarterback in place. Now, I think the, the, one, the one kind of, uh, you know, asterisk that you could put next to it is, do you think Aaron Rodgers is available for you? If Aaron Rodgers is available for you and you feel like it's reasonable that you can go get him and he gives you that opportunity immediately, then you go and do what you got to do to try to get him. But outside of that, I think that would be the only way that Derek Carr is not under center in 2022. He's been a stabilizing influence. He's had to deal with five coaching changes. And I think if we're being fair, there's been some rough draft picks that haven't worked out. So that leads me to my second question, Q. What are the Raiders going to do with their fifth-year option guys, most notably Cleveland Farrell and Jonathan Abram? 
Well, those are the two guys that I think there's no doubt that they're they're not going to pick those those fifth year options up. I just I couldn't see that. You know, Jonathan Abrams started to make some moves last season under Gus Bradley. Looked like he had a fit in that defense, but we know that Gus Bradley's not the defensive coordinator anymore. And the other thing with Jonathan Abrams is he's been banged up a lot. So uh, I, I think that they won't pick up. The, they'll decline both Clee Furrow and Jonathan Abrams, and then you have Josh Jacobs and. It's $10 million for Josh Jacobs because he's made the Pro Bowl before. So that's a lot of money for a running back who also hasn't completed a whole season yet. So, I mean, there's a lot of questions when it comes to those fifth-year options. But uh, I think as far as Clee and Jonathan Abram go, I think those are no doubt going to get declined. Talking with Q Myers, Raider Nation Radio here in Las Vegas, part of the Raider Nation and uh, Las Vegas Raider, Raiders flagship station. Q, uh, when I look at the Raiders' offense – I feel like if you can replace a Henry Ruggs and get a wide receiver to take off the top of the defense, they'll be markedly better. So what do you do? Do you take a flyer on a Devontae Adams who might want $30 million plus, but you pair him up with his Fresno State buddy Derek Carr? Do you draft one? Chris Olave could be there at 22nd. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, that's been the conversation all week long, and, and I really like the approach of go for it. Go for the gusto. You know, it's worked two seasons in a row. Tampa Bay, they kind of showed you the mold the first year with Tom Brady. They went and won the whole thing when they went and got all his buddies and all these, uh, you know, big-time players uh, for the roster. And then you saw what the Rams just did, you know, knocking off of the Cincinnati Bengals with going all in. I think the Raiders should go all in. Why not? If you got the quarterback, go get the wide receiver if he's available. Now, it's the only thing. If Aaron Rodgers returns to Green Bay, Devontae right. Adams isn't leaving. You know, then they'll find a way to keep both those guys in, in, in-house. They're not going to let one go and not the other. But I think that if Devontae Adams has a chance to get out of there, I think the Raiders owe it to themselves and owe it to Derek Carr. Like you mentioned, I mean, five different coordinators, five different playbooks. This guy's been in the league eight years, and he's had no consistency. And, and Devontae Adams would be his best wide receiver he's ever had since, well, Devontae Adams in college. You know, I mean, it's just it's crazy. So, yeah, I think that they owe it to the team and Derek Carr and the fan base. Go out there and get the best. And if you can get Devontae Adams and you put him in that mix with Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, you know, you have Josh Jacobs in the backfield, you think about the red zone. The red zone, all of a sudden, you're going to have that much more opportunity to, to score touchdowns instead of kick a field goal. Everyone loves what Daniel Carlson was able to do. It was great that he got a four-year contract extension, but he shouldn't be kicking so many close field goals. They've got to score touchdowns. And the way to do that, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, you got to have your playmakers. You bring up an excellent point, Q. The Raiders struggled in the red zone last year, getting to the red zone, only scoring touchdowns 18% of the time, and they were minus 65 in point differential. I want to stay on the wide receiver subject for just a second because I'm. it's my belief that Devontae Adams will be franchise tag, but there are guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, Sammy Watkins, Christian Kirk. Could you see the Raiders take a flyer on one of those or did they do it through the draft? No, I think that they would just do it through the draft. You know, I think that the Raiders have already gone, the Juju, the Christian Kirk, the, that kind of role. You know, they had Nelson Aguilar for a year. He ended up in New England. They have Zay Jones. They have Brian Edwards. I mean, they have guys that are nice, you know, but they've gone that route already where it's, you know, get the, the next level of free agent wide receivers that go in there and do something. Even Kenyon Drake, I know he's a running back, but they brought him in to be the, you know, the gadget guy, the guy that can catch some ball out of the backfield and also run the rock. And that just, you know, didn't really kind of work out very well either. I think if you're going to go all in, you're going to get a, you know, go for a big time free agent. Go get either Devontae Adams. That would be option A for me. And 1A would be Allen Robinson out of Chicago. One of those two guys, I think, again, you owe it to your fan base. You owe it to Derek Carr. 
to get him a premier wide receiver. He, had, he has he, his best wide receiver he's played with so far has been Michael Crabtree. You know, and Michael Crabtree was a good wide receiver, but he, he was mm. coming off a torn ACL uh, or Achilles. I mean, it was just it, you know, it's just it, it was not the best situation. Amari Cooper was a nice draft pick until he wasn't. You know, and so it's just like give the guy if you're gonna if you're gonna ride this ship and you're gonna give him a contract extension, then give him the the weapons, give him the tools, set him up for success. So I think that you got to go all in on Devontae Adams. If you can't get him, fine. Like you said, he's probably gonna get a franchise tag, so that means you got to give up some capital and some cash. But if you can't get him, fine. Then dip into the draft. It's a pretty deep draft with wide receivers. You mentioned Chris Olave. I think he'd be a, a big-time get for the Raiders at 22 if he's available. Uh, but, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know if his game is going to translate to the NFL. That's the only problem when it comes yeah. to draft picks. So, Devontae Adams, you know what he is and what he can do. So, go if you can get him, then that's, that's a home run for you. Talking with Q Myers of Raider Nation Radio. Speaking of guys, I think they need to get paid. Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro come to mind. Crosby was set to make $4 million in the last year of his contract. But I'll tell you, he's a guy who could probably command $20 million a year on the open market. Do you expect him to get paid? Do you expect Hunter Renfro to get paid? Yeah, I would, I would go after Max Crosby. That's been the million-dollar question, too, because both those guys, like you mentioned, are going into the last year of their deal, only have a four-year contract. So I think that it's going to cost more money later if you don't take care of Max Crosby right now. So I think you've got to do that, and then you worry about Hunter Renfro later. You might even have to franchise tag him maybe after this year, but make sure you have your guy. You already saw what happened when the Raiders let their uh, stud defensive end go. You know, when they didn't pay him and they ended up trading him to Chicago, it didn't really work out very well for the for the Raiders. So uh, you got your guy in Max Crosby. You know what he can do. He's, he's getting better each and every year. Uh, I think he's going to continue to get better. So, yeah, you go ahead and you pay him. Like you said, it's going to cost more money later. So take care of him right now. Worry about Hunter Renfro a little bit later on down the line. If you have to franchise him to hold hold on to him, at least keep it in place until you get that deal, great. But uh, Max Crosby's got to be priority number one. Wrapping it up with uh, Q Myers of Raider Nation Radio here in Las Vegas. I uh, really like the job Gus Bradley did. And uh, you got the three studs in Gakwe, uh, Denzel Pyramid, and Max Crosby. Do they miss Max? Uh, how much do they miss, miss uh, Gus Bradley this this coming year? That's a great question. I mean, really, because I think that Gus Bradley did really good things. Uh, was the defense perfect? No. But it was a lot better than we've seen in a very long time. So, uh, yeah, Patrick Graham has a lot of work cut out for him to be able to fi- figure out how to use those guys correctly. You know, how, how does Max Crosby fit in his defensive scheme? How does Ngakwe, how does Perriman, you know, what are you going to do to set these guys up for success? Because the defense took a step forward. Now you've got to continue to mature and you've got to continue to grow it. So that's that's the million-dollar question. I think Graham is a great defensive coordinator. I think they're, they're going to see some good things from him. But obviously it's going to look different than what we saw last year. So uh, he's got his work cut out for him, but he's got some good pieces in, in Gakwe, Crosby, Perryman, Hobbs, Morig. You can build around those guys, but you got a lot of work to do. All right, great stuff, Q. Let's get you on later in the year after the draft. I've always said uh, baseball's better when the Yankees are good, basketball's better when the Lakers are good, and the NFL is just simply better when the Raiders are good. Let's get you on in a few weeks after the draft. No doubt about it. I appreciate you having me on, my man. All right, that is thanks, Q. That is Q Myers, yep. Raider Nation Radio. He's very much got his finger uh, on the pulse. And the Raiders, look, they always – are in the news, and no one saw this coming this past year. Their over-under was seven and a half wins. They finished strong in the most interesting way, top credit. Now they've got to build on on that for next year, and the question is, will they become a victim of their own success? Let's see. It's going to be a fun story to watch. They have a very tough schedule next year. Coming up, 
We continue with a little playoff stuff as we get you through your withdrawals. And in the NFL playoff history, teams, you know, that make the playoffs one year, a lot of them don't make it the next year. Let's give you the early odds by Caesar Sportsbook heading into who's likely to have success in 2022. But first, well, let's go to the man. He's author of the best-selling book, Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, Major League Baseball, your head is in Uranus. That's Brian Finley with the latest. All right, Bernie, I appreciate that. And speaking of playoffs, you think about it, how about the Grizzlies in firm position there for the postseason? And as we start out in the NBA, Memphis with a 116-110 win over the Bulls on the road. John Morant putting on a show with his 46 points. Kyrie Irving starring for the Nets as they went on the road and they took care of business against the Bucks, 126-123. Nikola Jokic was able to wield a triple-double and the Nuggets got the job done against the Kings, 115-110. The Heat take down the Spurs, 133-129. to Bam Adebayo, 36 points, 7 rebounds. Also a victory for the Cavs as they are now 12 games over 500. And they pull away from the Wizards, 92-86. to In college basketball, upset city. On Saturday, we saw seven teams inside the AP Top 10 lose. That would include the number one team in Gonzaga. They go down on the road as they face plant at number 23, St. Mary's, 67 to 57. Second ranked Arizona stumbles on the road at Colorado, 79 to 63. Jabari Walker, Samaki Walker's son, 15 points, 14 rebounds for the Buffaloes. Bruce Pearl's number three, Auburn Tigers, they continue and keep losing. They fall this time to number 17, Tennessee, 67 to 62. A victory for Michigan State over number four, Purdue, by three points. And then 10th ranked Bay. Taylor sticking it to number five, Kansas, 80 to 70, while number six, Kentucky, is a loser on the road to number 18, Arkansas, 75 to 73. Negotiating talks regressing between Major League Baseball players and the, their association and the league on Saturday. That, according to multiple outlets, a pestered union will begrudgingly show up on Sunday to continue talks with Major League Baseball. It'll be the seventh day in a row that the sides have met and the parties are nowhere close on a series of financial issues. And finally, they played an outdoor NHL game at Titans Nissan Stadium on Saturday and the Lightning, they brought a lot of fans from Tampa Bay into the crowd, which was topped out at 68,619, a sellout and Tampa wins over the Predators 3-2 to to get the win out in some interestingly cold and frigid conditions in Nashville outdoors, a great scene there. With that, let's get it back to a man who is always on scene when it comes to sports he's always on the pulse it's our guy in las vegas it's bernie fratto thanks so much brian and at the top of the hour we're going to go deep into the issues surrounding the major league baseball negotiations if you want to call them that they're really not negotiations or it's more of a test of wills and a game of chicken and frankly a crusade uh as i've been pointing out this would be for for quite a long time eventually at some point cooler heads might prevail but one of the things I pointed out is the similarities between what's taking place now and the psychodynamic between what took place in 1994, which ultimately led to the cancellation of the World Series, are there. I don't think anybody believed me, but now they're starting to believe me. Uh, I will break down it 
uh, what is taking place from the inside and the three key areas that the union and the owners are so far apart on. But quickly, feeding your NFL withdrawals, because you know you're having them, what's interesting is in the history of the NFL playoff teams with at least an 18-point lead in a home playoff game, that's happened 166 times, and the team that had the lead went on to win 163 of 166 of those games. Unfortunately, the Kansas City Chiefs were not one of them last year. They lost 27-24 to in overtime. However, and by the way, they had a win expectancy, the Chiefs did, of 95% after building that 18-point lead against the Bengals in the playoffs. So, you know, I've just mentioned that. It's got your juices flowing for next year's playoff tournament. The uh, the faithful have a lot of faith. That's the, double, that's the Department of Redundancy Department in the Chiefs. The Caesar Sportsbook has installed the Chiefs to, as the favorite to win Super Bowl 57, which would be played in Arizona. Who knows, maybe that bodes well for Arizona. Uh, after what happened in Tampa Bay and, and Los Angeles the last couple of years. But if you look at the early odds for Caesars, the Chiefs are plus 650. They are the favorite to win it all. Now, part of that, again, Las Vegas is not in the in, in the business of trying to be a fortune teller or predicting the future. Uh, they're in the business of managing risk. And you don't need to make the Chiefs long odds to get Chiefs action to come in. And when you've got Patrick Mahomes and you've got Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy in that offense, the long and the short of it is you've got a situation where they're in every game, they're going to be very tough to beat in Arrowhead. And why not, uh, you know, if you, you, you try to manage risk if you're going to bet futures and the Chiefs are still a safe bet. Am I predicting they're going to get to the Super Bowl next year? No, but would it surprise me if they did? No, that wouldn't surprise me. Bill's right behind them at 7-1. to one. Uh, the Bills are are phenomenal, and you saw, again, that epic playoff game that went back and forth in the overtime and this whole situation. I'm just not sure. I don't know why because I think the Bills are phenomenal, and I don't have a rooting interest in any team. As my mentor, Dick Schapp, always taught me to root for the story. Uh, but it would be a great story to see Buffalo finally get it done. What a great sports town. They did go to four straight Super Bowls. That's incredible. Have yet to close the deal. I don't know what it is. There's just there's some sort of mental block there. Uh, they they play just well enough to get beat. For the life of me, I don't know why it happens. But Buffalo has they check all the boxes. The Rams are ten to one, and as long as their roster comes back fairly well intact, I know that OBJ tore his ACL, but he should be able to be back in time to be productive some point next season if he's back. If Von Miller's back, I, you know Aaron Donald will be back. Cooper Cup will be back. Uh, you would suspicion everybody comes back healthy. They're going to have a target on their back. They've got, uh, you know, a lot of uh, – uh, they've got a tough schedule and they're in a tough division. But uh, the Rams at 10-1, to 1, uh, they're getting a lot of respect. They are the favorite in the NFC if you're scoring at home. The Bengals 12-1. to 1. And, again, I talked about them earlier with Joe Burrow and company and Jamar Chase. It's, it's incredible. And they've got $60 million in cap space, and they'll get better in the draft. And if sure up that offensive line – I don't think what the Bengals did this year was a fluke. I think they're very good. Tampa Bay is 14-1. to 1. That shows a little bit of faith. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I don't even know if they know who their quarterback is going to be. But be that as it may, they're still solid all around the field. The 49ers are 14-1. Same situation. Who will be their quarterback? I'm hearing that the Liners are not exactly getting the market return for Jimmy G in terms of inquiries that they thought they would get. And while Trey Lance is a world-class athlete, that doesn't mean that translate 
into playing the position of quarterback in the NFL, which requires is certainly a different skill set. He's probably used to. You can't just tuck the ball and run every time you feel like it. You're going to be have to make your read progressions. And if he can learn to do all that and adapt, he could be a fine young quarterback. But he's unproven. So you just don't know. But I think now is the time you really have to commit to Trey Lance. You traded a ton of people to bring him in. And two years have gone by, and I got nothing against Jimmy G but respect. But I don't think he's going to win you a Super Bowl. He's had two shots at it, and I, I think you know how far he can get you. And now that you know how far he can get you, which is pretty darn good, well, if your designs are on winning a Super Bowl, I think you've got to hand the keys to the car over to the guy who you gave up a boatload of picks to move to the number three slot in the 2021 draft or checked out the 2020 draft. And the bottom line is, uh, you know, it's time is wasting. So you do the best you can to get the capital you can for Jimmy G and but the 49ers are 14 to one and they still have a great defense. And you got Debo Samuel uh, again, tough division, but Kyle Shanahan has a way of doing it. Packers at 15 to one. This is interesting to me. Uh, if you knew hundred percent that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back, uh, the, the number might be better than that. I do believe he's going to be back. Be that as it may, when the, when the history books are written, uh, at least through 2021, he's only won one Super Bowl. And uh, they, they keep getting to the, you know, they're 13 and three every year. Or this year, what, they were 13 and four, whatever the case may be. Like they're 39 and 10 in the regular season under Matt LaFleur. But in the playoffs, they have fallen short. They fell short to Tampa Bay last year. They fell short this, you know, this past year, obviously, to the 49ers. This next number uh, is, it's not baffling to me at all. But they're the one team, though, that I'd be the most concerned about. That's the Cowboys at 18 to one. I don't know what it is about that team. When they bring their best, there are periods, there are there are stretches where Dallas looks like absolute world beaters, and then when it matters most, they spit the bit like they did this year against the 49ers in in the most unfashionable way. It's just it was really brutal to watch. I actually feel bad for Jerry Jones. Again, it's it, it, I mentioned the Q. It's good when the Raiders. The NFL is more interesting than when the Raiders are relevant, and it's more interesting when Dallas is relevant. Let's face it. Uh, I'd like to see that team uh, make a Super Bowl run, a legitimate Super Bowl run. It'd be fun to watch, not from a fan's standpoint, but from a storyline standpoint. And finally, the Titans, Tennessee Titans, a team that I was convinced once they got home field advantage or home field throughout the playoffs, I thought they'd get to the Super Bowl this year. I was wrong. Give the Cincinnati Bengals credit. I don't know what happened to Ryan Tannehill. He had an out-of-body experience that day. It wasn't good. But I really like Mike Vrabel. I really like that team. Uh, I, I like Derrick Henry. I, I think they're, they play complimentary football. But on that day, Cincinnati was the better team. That's what happens when you get into a single elimination playoff. Anything can happen. Getting into the Super Bowl is an amazing gauntlet. It's not easy to do, which I think, again, underscores the fact where the Rams deserve so much credit this year because it is very definitely uh, – it was most definitely – Extremely difficult, not only just to get to the Super Bowl, but to win it when you see some of these other iconic franchises, whether it's Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, Dallas, etc., right down the line, Buffalo simply fall short. Coming up, we're going to bring you back out to Vegas. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. He'll have some data. Get your pens and pencils ready. I'm Bernie Frater. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. Don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Frado coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Again, I want to thank my crew, Bobo, stepping in late, coming up big time as uh, our teammate is under the weather, both Bo Benson and Chris Perfett are under the weather, as well uh, Ricky Herrera joins us along with Brian Finley. They'll be with me till 3 a.m. This gentleman here joins us every week at this time, and again at 12.50 and 1.50 Pacific. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie, the NBA is here, and this is actually where you made your bones in this spot in the NBA and a couple of the leagues, quote-unquote, I say this in air quotes, power brokers, Memphis and Nets, made a little name for themselves tonight. Yes, two of the most surprising teams, one in each conference. The one surprising upstart team of the West, the Memphis Grizzlies, number one ATS team in the league, versus the number three ATS team in the league, the Chicago Bulls. Both of them bringing in surprise MVP candidates, in the Grizzlies' case, John Morant, in the Bulls' case, DeMar DeRozan. Well, it went down to the wire. It was style versus style. And I got to say... As much as I'm impressed as DeMar DeRozan's mid-range game, I do think that the league is moving away from that, and we saw at the end of the game, John Morant going downhill is the wave of the future. A career-high 46 points. It was mentioned on the broadcast several times. It was eerily similar to another man that used to you know, make some strong performances in the United Center. It was Derrick Rose-esque, talking about a point guard that can get into the paint. Nobody under 6'5 has scored more points in the paint than John Morant this season ever. Good stuff, McKenzie. So let's talk about that because John Morant looks spectacular, as does DeMar DeRozan, but can they leapfrog Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic or Giannis or Steph Curry? Yes, to one of those answers, Steph Curry has been leapfrogged by both of these men over the past week. John Morant now 15-1, to 1, a little bit ahead of Steph Curry. DeMar DeRozan, that's the big riser. The Monday before the All-Star break, so February 14th, Valentine's Day, less than two weeks ago, DeMar DeRozan was 50-1 to 1 to win the award. Then he went on a Wilt-esque streak. Streak broke tonight, 35 points straight for... Seven straight games would have been eight tonight, but he didn't quite get there. Still, he went from 50 to one two weeks ago to now 12 to one, fourth favorite behind those big men you named. All right, so let's talk about this. Uh, I believe, check my numbers. Uh, I showed, uh, check, uh, John Moran is 16 to one and DeMar DeRozan at 13 to one. But then you've got the leaders in the pack, Joel Embiid, plus 125. Nikola Jokic, who'd be repeating if he wanted again, plus 275. And then Giannis, 4-1. to one. We've still got a couple months to go in the season. Well, maybe not that long, but a good seven weeks. What are your thoughts on who you think finishes strong if you had to take a flyer in any of those names? Nikola Jokic, again, I think is the, is the value play right now. Second favorite at around 3-1 to one shop around. And here's the thing. We did this research last year. 10 out of 12 of the last 12 MVPs have been number one in player efficiency rating. Nikola Jokic was that last year, and he was that this year. The interesting thing is also 10 out of the last 12 MVPs have been number one in their conference. That's not going to happen this year. 
the Sixers are three games back, Bucks three and a half games back, Nuggets not even close. So it's going to be an upset of history. It's going to be not whose team is strongest, not who's leading it like Derrick Rose, John Morant above the pack, but individual statistics will be the determining factor. That's why I'm going to go back to Jokic, number one in player efficiency rating. He does it all, best passing big man ever, and he's actually added a defensive element to his game. So that would be my value play, Nikola Jokic, three to one. Here's what's interesting because you could have got Jokic at 16 to 1 before the season to repeat, and the favorite was Luka Doncic at 4 to 1. Do you see something crazy happening now? Luka's 30 to 1, Devin Booker's 22 to 1. Has the ship sailed for those guys? Yes, I mean they're in the they're in the 30 30ish range and but here's the thing. Actually, I don't think the ship let me correct myself. The ship hasn't sailed on any of these guys more than any other year. There is not one name out there that has taken this league by storm. It's wide open. So a guy from behind the pack, if he puts on a crazy Steph level, yep. you know, 30 points a game for the rest of the season, they could steal it. You could see a shock MVP candidate that we're not even discussing right now. That's how wide Good open stuff, it is. Good stuff, Mackenzie. We'll have you back in an hour. You're going to file a report on how the events in the Ukraine have affected the sports world. And at the top of the hour, I'm going to dive heavily in to the baseball CBA negotiation. Keep it locked right here. Coming up, Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. This is Bernie Frado, and we'll take you to 3 a.m. Right out of- 